Recruitment Revealed. Listen, learn, adapt. Sponsored by Hira, a powerful award-winning platform for internal mobility, employee referrals and alumni networks. Visit hireuponline.com. All interviews take place over the internet, so please forgive the odd sound distortion. Hello and welcome to Recruitment Revealed. I'm your host, Gary Burney. In this episode, I continue my chat with Scott Burkhead. Scott uses his 26 years in recruitment to provide some fantastic insights. If you missed the first part of this conversation, hop on to episode four. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast at any time and feel free to contact me on LinkedIn or at recruitmentrevealed at gmail.com. Thank you. I have only played poker a few times, right? Yeah. Um, basically because I've lost every time I've played. Because <laughs> um, I'm not very good at it. Because I'll invite you to my home game. <laughs> yeah. uh, invite me over. Yeah, I'll give you my money and just walk out again. Um, well, no, I, my my father used to uh, sit down and play a few games with me when I was younger and stuff. Yeah. And we'd have matchsticks and stuff and a, and a bit of money every now and then and yeah. just having a bit of fun. Uh, and myself and my brothers would all be taking part. Um, and he pretty much won out every single time. Uh, and the basic, the basic premise was, I start to smile when I get a good hand. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that good for poker, right? So, um, but I did, it did make me think uh, before coming on, to, the, uh, on to, uh, to do the podcast with you. I'm assuming that you can start to read players really well. Uh, and then can you take those techniques into interviews? Is that something that you can do? Well, it's worked really well for me the other way. So I've interviewed so many people, right? 26 years, I've interviewed tons of people. And so yeah. I've gotten really good over the years at keeping this absolutely, yeah. absolutely emotionless and still while I'm listening to whatever, whatever is spewing out of a candidate's <laughs> mouth or Iron Man's mouth. I can yeah. do that pretty well. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it works, it works in the other way as well. So, and if you read books on tells and they talk about tells, right, that's, that's, that's the, yeah. the, the non-playing cues that people are getting off. If you, if you read books on tells, it really matches up well with the interviews and communication theory, right? There's things that people say that'll tip you off, right? So in an interview, you know, if, if some, if you ask a specific question, somebody gives you a very vague answer and you try to probe or you try for details and there aren't any, then they're, then the example isn't very good and you yeah, discount they, that. They bluff with their hand. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and in poker, they'll do the same thing. So they, they, they try, if you're a good, smart poker player, you don't talk to people when, when you're playing poker, because especially guys like me, I can ask a few questions and I will hear, I'll hear more instantly than I can see. But there are other tells, there are deep breathing or nervousness or ticks or things like that. Now those tells don't always mean what I think they do. When I was first starting out, I would see people get really, really, they looked nervous, but they were really excited because they had a monster, right? And they knew they were going to crush you. They wanted to get all your chips, right? And so I've learned now that it might mean one of two things. And so yeah, they have to look for other tells. So I think yeah. it's a lot the same as interviewing you. You look for, you know, you kind of sit back, you're prepared, you listen, and then you watch the pattern. So, so if you talk about poker tells, you watch the patterns that happen, their betting patterns, their breathing, and you, you get a picture for what normal looks like. Sure. And then when you see deviations from the norm as they make certain plays or make certain decisions, then you think back, what could be causing that deviation? Yes. What yeah, could yeah. be good that caused that? What could be bad that caused that? Yeah. And then you learn to drill into that as much as you can. And at poker, again, if you're, if I'm talking to them and I think I mean, they either have a really great hand or a really lousy hand, and I'll ask them a few questions. If they don't want to talk, then I have less information. 
Remember, it's a game of limited information, right? Uh, but I'll have less information. In an interview, that's not really possible. So I know in an interview, if I ask a deeper question and they can't answer it, and I ask again and again, then I just know I just discount that. They don't know that particular thing that they need to know, right? Sure. The, the body language thing is really interesting to me, right? Uh, because uh, exactly as you said, I see sometimes, and, I, and I've read enough books now to be going, okay, there's different types of body language going on. And sometimes you can misread the body language. Exactly as you said, Sometimes somebody might be nervous or they might be overexcited and you, and there really isn't a lot of difference. So is there particular, uh, body parts? <laughs> I know this is a mad thing to, maybe it is a mad thing to ask. Is there a particular body parts you concentrate on during, if you're doing an interview, uh, or playing a game of poker? You know, is it the eyes, you know, the pupils? Is it, what, what gives you more information than other parts? Yeah, well, there's some real good, um, there's some really effective study on that in, in neurolinguistic programming, NLP, and some others. But there are there are certain things they'll that, that people in interviews will do um, when they're uh, when they're telling the truth, and certain things they'll do when they're making it up. <laughs> and people, it's not that they're lying in interviews; they're trying to make up and fill in a gap that that, that, that isn't strong enough. And so, I think there are things, uh, their eyes, um, how they turn their heads, what things they focus and pay attention to. In poker, they talk about you, you know a a person that. Um, looks down at his chips is probably likely to want to put money in the pot. So you can look for things like that. Uh, there's one guy that teaches about when they, you know, in poker today, they, they kind of put their hands on their cards and then they peel up the edges and look at them. And yeah. so how long they look at it, whether they relook, whether they look a couple of times, how difficult it is. So the, that tells you that the, the easier, the, the better the hand is, the easier it is to think I got a good hand. They don't want to look very long. They yeah. look at it, they protect the hand. There's things that they can do that, that show that they're protecting good things because they don't want you to know that it's good interviews it's the opposite if they have something good they let it all out yeah, if, cool. if they're not then they then they try to hide it right so in poker it's almost the opposite wow okay the other thing that comes out in interviews and i've done this myself is uh i'm sure it's not nice for the candidate but a bit of a bit of silence never goes amiss sometimes when you're you don't feel like you've had a complete answer and it kind of forces the candidate into probably the wrong technique, right? You're going to tell no, them. No, there's nothing wrong with that technique. I think it's a great <laughs> technique. It's a great one. But I think, yeah. I think too, not letting them get away with it. So if I see one fault, especially hiring managers, but, but also, you know, um, in, recruiters that aren't very experienced is they let people get away with it. So I ask a question, the answer comes out. It's a great smile. They look really confident. It sounds good but there's not a lot of the right details. So they're not harsh enough in evaluating that answer and they don't have any secondary questions prepared. They don't probe. And, and so again, that's just studying technique. That's behavioral interview or competency-based interview technique, right? You build a really sh a question that's really um, shrunk wrap on top of that job requirement. And then as you hear the answers, then you have three or four standard probers who else participated with you on that team? Uh, who helped you drive that result? You can't have known all that stuff together. Who did you rely on? How were those relationships like? And, and as you start to peel that back, then you, you pretty quickly expose, then that those visible cues really come out. Oh, I don't really have those answers. So I wasn't really that deeply involved with that project or what have you. Right. So I think that, um, in poker, the analogy would, the, the, the analogous thing would be, again, you see that excitement and you think, and you look at your hand and you think based on that board, I probably am ahead, but what hands, they tell you to ask, what hands could I beat? What hands are beating me? And, and so you think about, ooh, if he had that or that, I'd be dead. Did he play it like he had that or that? So you, you kind of think backwards through the hand and, and see if it all adds up and it makes sense. And if it doesn't, then you 
then you call or you raise or whatever. If it does, then you fold and you, yeah, yeah. you minimize your loss. Right. So I think, I think, in, uh, again, in interviewing, it's more about, it's more about, again, being so prepared, having great questions like you do for a manager, but in an interview you have great questions. And then as you listen, you watch for those cues and anything that doesn't feel quite right, just, just build a great rapport and then just, lob some questions back at him. Hey, that's a great answer. You know, tell me more about that. Give me the details. You don't even have to be hard about it. You don't have to be mean or nasty about it. Um, but I think just asking more questions and occasionally if you're just quiet, you're right. They'll go off in all sorts of interesting tangents. You'll learn all sorts of things. Right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's I, I, I do it, but I don't, you know, it's not something I really enjoy doing because I've been on the other end of one of those and you're kind of, ah, what do I do here? Um, but I'm a, I'm a bad guy to interview because if you do that to me, I'll just stare at you and nod and smile. And, and then I'll probably ask you, what would you like to ask next? <laughs> I should have learned that technique. I should have learned that yes. technique when I was younger. Uh, so one last question for you, right? So uh, you can win a hand with a Royal Flush. You can win a hand with uh, yep. a pair of jacks. You can yep. have nothing in your hand. Uh, is, is there anything to be gained from from that analogy uh, uh, into recruitment. In other words, you know, the all singing, all dancing uh, interview that goes amazingly well, you're just, you know, you can't believe you got the candidate you got. Um, and that, does that turn out great every time? Or is it the candidate who you kind of walked through and you thought, okay, you know, immediate appearance doesn't stack up, doesn't look, look the guy that I thought I was gonna get on, on, a, on a CV. Uh, then you talk to them in a bit, deep and more meaningful way and you think actually they have got the techniques and maybe they're just nervous maybe they're whatever is it is there any analogies around that i guess a couple things come to mind i mean you know in poker they say that that skill wins out in the long term but there's luck in the short term so sometimes that (laughs) sometimes that works for you and sometimes it works against you right so so sometimes you have the best hand right up until the last minute and then poof it goes away and you lose everything and and sometimes you play a really bad hand and you and you bluff your way through and you win I think in hiring, you know, it's never a, if you're talking about from a manager's perspective, it's, you don't ever bat a thousand in hiring to use a baseball. We'll switch over to baseball yeah. now. You yeah, just go. It doesn't matter how good the hire is. He's going to walk and there are going to be gaps. So the, the point of hiring shouldn't just be the, the act of the hire itself. The point of hiring is to do a good enough evaluation where then when you make a decision to hire, you know, what are that first nine months to a year look like? And what are the gaps? Because everybody comes in with gaps. Even if they're a perfect candidate, they come in with gaps. And your job as a manager then is to leave behind the hiring process and move into the let's get them into high performance mode. And, and it's your job to identify those during that process and be realistic about what those are and how to fill them. Right? And I think if more managers would do that, you'd be better. But I think from a recruiter perspective, you know, if you if you if you don't have absolutely anybody, the worst thing you can do is to bluff and try to get a manager to hire somebody that they shouldn't hire. I think that lacks integrity. Which, which, again, you might win in that short term with that hand, but that's a killer long term for that relationship, for the organization, for those 10 people, uh, and, and frankly, for your reputation as a recruiter. So I think when you think about the different kinds of chips in the game, um, one of the ones that, that really has the highest value is for, is for you to be honest as a recruiter with a manager and say, I don't have it. I don't think you should hire them. Uh, uh, you know, really control the process. I think uh, recruiters and managers and and, and candidates often get into this, you know, the sense of urgency about getting things done. And, and again, the getting things done is only a couple months. The, the five years that person's going to spend with those 10 people is a lot more important than that. And so you have to have some integrity and you have to be willing to say no at a certain time. Nothing analogous to that in poker other than looking at your hand and saying, I'm not going to win and throwing them in, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
and that's a big league too. So, so there, you know, in, in each poker hand, there are a couple of stages, right? So in, in no, no limit, there's pre-flop and there's the first three cards, the flop, and then there's the turn and then there's the river. So you have one, two, three, four, five decision points. And so, and so part of learning how to fix those leaks is to figure out how far in advance you get rid of bad hands. Yeah. And, yeah. and if recruiters, if recruiters would build big pipelines and get rid of a lot of people and only leave the really good ones, they'll do much better. And managers can do the same thing. I love working with tough managers because as long as they don't spin the criteria, you know, 10 different ways, as long as they have a single set of criteria, I'd much rather a manager be tough because I know I can find it and I know they'll hire it when they see it. And I know they're going to get a really great result five years down the road, not sure. just, so not it, just it, in 30 it days. Becomes a, you don't need as, as many candidates because, you, you know, two candidates you put in front of them rather than the five rather than the 10. Is, is, is if you're smart and you're a good consultant, that's absolutely right. Two great ones is better than five maybes. And, and two yeah. hours spent or five hours spent interviewing two people is a lot better than one hour spent interviewing five people when three of them are wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It's about how you maximize that time with with the different decisions and the time you have to invest in that process. And, and recruiters should be, that's what really great recruiters are known for. They're consultants that help the manager to see that and maximize that time and to get through that process and and just not only get to the best people in the market and all that stuff, but really use their time wisely and make a smart decision and document all those things they need to fill in down the road. I think, I think people talk about whether the recruiting will go away someday and technology can do it. And I don't think so because uh, people are still people. Uh, yeah. People get emotional. People make rash decisions. People make different decisions and, and good recruiters may not be about sourcing or market things like they used to be, but a good recruiter will always be someone that can be a counselor, guide, consultant, uh, and that's the important part of the job in my mind. Sure. sure. Now, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant words, words of advice. A very, very, very quick last question for you. Sure. Um, uh, seeing more and more that uh, people are looking towards uh, soft skills uh, as part of the process and making sure those people have the, the right soft skills to go along with their experience. Mm-hmm. To, is is that just a trend at the moment? Or, or no, I think it's critical. I think if you look at executive search for years and, and my company included, right? The, the the intellectual property and the research on that goes back decades. And and for executives, I think it's even more important. But for any for anybody, the the, the what you do is off awful and critical. The how you do it is just as important. I can't imagine it's even not even less important. So I think the, the hard part for for managers and recruiters and HR departments is to figure out what are those soft skills and what's a fair way to evaluate those those and and are we being uh, inclusionary when we do that are we excluding people on rashly or or in any way that that um, is inappropriate while we're doing that but I think uh, again any uh, any job that's worth doing that involves interactions with other human beings there's there's not just a what there's a how and those are all soft skill issues and if yeah. you don't have that baked into your process and you don't understand it's not so much just what they are but how those are expressed right yeah. in in that job how those soft skills get expressed and what value they bring to that job if you don't understand that then you're then you're you're probably gonna focus on some personality or some soft skills issues but they're not going to be the right ones you're not going to understand why you like them or don't like them so mm-hmm. a good a good selection process and, and a good review of the job of the recruiter and the manager in the beginning really focuses on that actually you know more than the other i've i've hired tons of recruiters and Frankly, if I was to list you my top five recruiters uh, over those three or four hundred, um, 
three or four of them have been the most junior people on my teams. So they have the less, they have the, the, the lowest amount of skill or experience. They have exactly the right internal drive and the right soft skills to get the work done again and again and again and again to teach other people how to do it. So yeah, I think it's critical. You know, I think it's more critical. Yeah, you're going to get, you're gonna get well, and you're going to have a, you're going to have a lower market. The markets are, are, are smaller than they were. Jobs and companies change all the time. So you want to retain as much knowledge as you can. You want longer tenures in people. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's absolutely critical. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, absolutely fantastic. Thanks very much for your time today. Uh, um, where can people get hold of you if they need to speak to you? Or talk it was fun. I'm on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn. Again, I'm in Denver. I work for Corn Ferry. My name is Scott Burkhead. and happy to connect on LinkedIn and, uh, and go from there. So thank you, Gary. This was a lot of fun. Oh, great stuff. Scott, enjoy your day and we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Take care. It just remains for me to say, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please subscribe to the podcast uh, and leave a nice review. That would be great. Um, This has been Recruitment Revealed. We'll speak to you again soon. Take care.